Hey, what's going on? What are you talking about? On my screen, it was going three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh, well, well, I can't see that shit. I'm live. <laughs> yes, and Avon's calling. <laughs> one, three, two, one. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what is going on? Good morning, good new afternoon, good evening. That's what I already said. Oh, my bad. I typed that in there. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was Nicole. <laughs> Saying just chaos? Good morning, afternoon, and evening, depends where you are from. That's right. Hey, David. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Heather. Hey, Heather. Hey, David. Hey, Nicole. What's up, guys? What's going on on your Monday morning? You have to, hey, Shelly. Hey, Shelly. You have to excuse me. I'm like in awe. I got a new computer monitor, and I can put the whole show on one screen. He is so captivated by that. Yeah, I got a 27-inch monitor now. Yes. Us old people need fucking, I, I might even have to get one of the magnifying things to put over the top of it. Probably. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> What is going on, guys? How you doing? How is... Thank you for the fun, the sub. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Nicole is celebrating her five-month sub streak. Woo-woo. Yes, Shelly, I have a new damn toy. It's freaking awesome. That's right. <laughs> hey, for... Um, I only paid 40 bucks for this monitor. It was a good investment. Yeah, yeah, it was. He, and he picked it out. I did, I picked it out. He picked it out and he saw it. Yeah. Ding well, dong. Maybe I should shut this off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What's going on? Uh-oh, I don't think that's my PayPal, Heather. <laughs> I think, I don't, oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Is it off my PayPal? <laughs> little grumpy. Oh, oh. Oh, he's spilling his mug? Does that mean he's spilling his face? <laughs> I'm no. asking, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Sheesh, the ding-dong. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got to change that, too. Had a few women say that. <laughs> oh yeah, you never change rooms. I know. And you told more you're gonna do that. I know. Shush. It's always telling on me. I didn't tell on you, but you fucking made your, your whole system just told on you. <laughs> All right, hold on a minute, guys. I'm gonna change this real quick. See you guys tomorrow. I know, right? As long as the lights don't go out. Yeah, that was messed up when I did that in my show. <laughs> he freaked out. He was like, uh, what's hey, up, Spitfire? I don't know what her name is on D-Live. I don't know. A moral witch, ain't it? Um, sorry guys. I don't like not having my green screen up when 
I'm in somebody else's channel. I know. I'll figure that out. <laughs> I'll figure that out. Is it mine now? Because it might. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to do too many things at once here. Uh, where are you? I'm right here. Not you. Oh. Fine then. I'll just give you a fucking thumbs down. <gasps> well, Taco, Taco Twins, Twins just followed. Thank, thank you, you for, for the follow. follow. Thank you, thank you. Any more sync than that? I know, that was pretty good. Hey, Nicole, you're on D-Live. Do you, can you find Amora Witch's, oh, never mind, I found her. I found her. I found her. Okay. Later. Log in. Andy's always being a bad boy. That's just my take. Don't tell him I said that, though. <laughs> oh my god i don't want to create that uh cloud box where is it sorry guys talk honey <laughs> The fuck you want me to say? <laughs> What's up, Andy? See, what I want to talk about has nothing to do with your show, and that sucks. So I'm trying to not. Oh, hello, you sweet bear! Just a minute ago, as you grumpy old fuck. I know, right? <laughs> There we go. So I, go. I think I'm just going to ask Andy right now. Uh, thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather, for the lemons. All right. See if Andy's got you enough. Do you want to try a podcast? He'll probably leave the room now. <laughs> there we go. All right. We are <laughs> oh, so he, he's a grumpy old fuck that's a nice, sweet bear. Okay, I get it. Yeah, duh. Duh. Okay. All right, there we go. I am set, I believe. <laughs> and he says, I have enough trouble casting a fishing rod, let alone a whole bond. <laughs> Oh, I almost ended the stream. That's lovely. But Andy, here's the thing, though. You won't have to cast anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That'll be all on me. <laughs> it was you, Nicole. It was. Trying um. to get other people in trouble now. <laughs> Thank you for the Thank ice you, cream. Nicole. There. All right. And, and it took, look at that, how quick it changed. It was almost record time. I know. Streamlabs is on a roll. 
must have gave it enough coffee today. Well, I took yesterday off. It was the Fourth of July. <laughs> oh well, yeah. There you go. It's got her, it's got its rust. Oh, oh, it was Nicole's dog. That's right. She got her dog a laptop. I forgot. <laughs> So we got some creepy stories today. First, we're going to talk about the Hex Murder House in York County, Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about some weird stuff that people have seen over the years. No, Heather, she still hasn't worked on them, so they're not going to work. No, I haven't. We're going to talk about some artifacts. Do you think they hold power? Explain why Angie's what? Nicole's a grumpy bitch today. Oh, she got some more chocolates. Spread of the same flavor, and she really pissed about it. She must hate the things, <laughs> right? Moon cookies are on strike. Yes. <laughs> Nicole, Heather, or Nicole's swearing at us because moon cookies, it'd be me. I know. Never mind. I'm taking all the blame. Taking all the blame. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She ain't swearing at us. She's swearing at you. I have nothing to do that's, with that. That's shit. what I just said. That's why I said I take the blame. I take the blame. <laughs> well, I'm just clarifying this, this, that situation. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. Even though it's gloomy. Yeah. It's still a very nice day. But I think the thing has to do with that, though, is we get to see the kids in 15 days. Yes. 16 days. Sorry. I got I got excited. Um, our daughter-in-law posted 15 more days until... Um, Vacation with the fam. And tagged us all. And I'm excited. I was like, ah! Hey, Mo! How you doing, Mo? What's up? Yeah, we get to see the grandbaby. Yes. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So, yeah. I was excited. I was excited. I'm not going to. It is awesome, Heather. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, it's, it has been four years since we've seen the kids. Yeah. So, we can't wait. We, we both are on, on the edge of the seat. No, uh, moon cookies are made of cookies. Yes. Shelly, right now it is 10, almost 10, 10 a.m. Yes. Here in Alaskan Indian County. Yes. <laughs> and Nicole, I'll be going to check out uh, them links that you're sending me after the show. I'm, I bet that's awesome, Shelly. She said, grandchildren are so precious, and I'm so blessed like mine live close by. Yeah, that's, I wish they lived closer. I have a feeling they just might go after their visit here. I'm telling you, I know what's going to keep Ryan here. Out of everything in the world, I know what's going to keep Ryan here. Them side-by-sides. Yep, and the buggies, the dune buggies, and the... ATVs because here you can ride them on the road as long as you're not being an asshole about it. Well, here though, keep in mind everybody, you can ride them on the road. You have to have them uh, uh, registered. You don't have to have insurance. You don't have to have a driver's license. It just has to be registered. Yeah. So once, yeah, Nicole. 
once he sees those, you know, out on the road and everything, he's going to be like, what? And he says, sister knows I got to isolate. She knows I got a serious spinal issue, but she called earlier to ask if I would go to my ex-wife's on Thursday and take delivery of tumble a dryer. Oh, my God. Andy, that's kind of like me. Uh, when we were still living in New York, um, I, I had taken time off work because I had to go get my teeth pulled. And yeah. I had my oh. I had my whole, I, I think at that time, I think it was my bottom teeth I had pulled. And I don't even think we were yeah. back from the dentist 40 minutes. And they called asking if I could come in to work. It's like, are you are you fucking kidding me? I, I was so pissed at the lady. I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, he took the time. He put time off, make it so he could have the time off. And they knew what he was taking the time off for. I was so pissed when she called. And was, she like started bitching at me. And I'm like, listen, he just had teeth pulled. And I don't think he's coming into work. And I ain't talking about one or two teeth. Yeah. I had like 14 teeth pulled. So, yeah, Nicole has every right to be pissed because I know how that feels. Shelly said, my my eldest granddaughter is Elsie and she's just turned six. Aww. She lives near me and my youngest granddaughter is almost three and she lives 45 miles away. That's still pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, it was madness, Mo. I, I couldn't believe that they had the audacity to call me. Yeah. I was so mad. But no, I, no. I, never, got, I never got the gas. I, I, mine was just strictly fucking Novocaine. So yeah, I wasn't under any kind of fucking super drug to say, well, Although we did have a cool bus driver that offered him. No, that bus driver was an asshole. He's like, I'd give you some lunch, but all I got left is is what hazelnuts trail uh, trail mix was a trail mix. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you pronounce that Freya? Freya, yeah, that's after the goddess. Those okay. are beautiful names. For me to be able to actually pronounce that is amazing. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. All right, guys, shall we get going and start? Oh, uh, why not? All right. Because we got some cool-ass stories to share with you today. So here we go. Watch your ears. Oh, never mind. It's not going to play. What the hell? <laughs> never mind. Don't watch your ears. Don't watch your ears. I'm not singing it either. Unless Eddie wants to sing it. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> The first thing we're talking about today is the Hex Murder House, York County, Pennsylvania. Have you guys heard of this? Now, before she gets started on this story, I literally had to confirm because she said it's Hex Murder. And there was a place right near where I was born and raised called the Axe Murder Hollow. But this is Hex Murder Hollow. Yeah. The Hex Murder House. Yeah. Officially, the hollow is called... Spring Valley County Park. But that's not the name which many local York County PA know it as. More commonly, it's known as the Reimer Rhyme, Hollow. 
or hex hollow. And the old wooden house still standing on that hollow? Well, that's the hex murder house. On November, on November 28, 1928, the house's occupant, Nelson D. Reimer, met his end at the hands of three men. Or perhaps more accurately, at the hands of one man and two boys. John Blymeyer was almost 34 when he became convinced that Reimeyer, I have a hard time saying that name for some reason, um, had hexed him. His two accomplices was John Curry and Wilbert Hess. They were both teenagers. They hadn't meant to kill the 60-year-old Reimeyer, but they did. And his house, which remains nestled in the woods of Hex Hollow, might be one of Pennsylvania's most haunted abodes. See, that's where I'd have to argue about when, when you're putting it with that hollow, an axe murder hollow, there, there's that I, I would have a problem to say which one's more haunted. Right, right. Rymeyer was a practitioner of powwow magic. Now, if you don't know what powwow magic is, it's the Pennsylvania Dutch folk tradition of ritual healing. It's called, called brushiri in the Pennsylvania German language. It's called Dietsch. It's the tradition. What? It's called what? Dietsch. I don't know. Dietsch. Some of you fucking sneezing over there. Well, it is German, so, you know. <laughs> the tradition. Now, if anybody knows about powwow magic, if you've ever read um, Silver... What the hell's her name? I have her book right here. Somewhere. Silver Ravenwolf? Yeah, Silver Silver Ravenwolf. Silver Ravenwolf. You um, have basically studied powwow magic. Um, Nicole, what it's pronounced in German is... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why, what did she say? She says, what is it pronounced in German? Teach. <laughs> um, so the tradition was brought to the United States by German immigrants colonizing in Pennsylvania in the 17th and 18th century. The name powwow became attached to it sometime in the 18th century. And yes, the name was appropriated from a native language. Um, probably they're saying probably the allocations, but they're not sure. Powwow is basically compromise of, of various rites, charms, and beliefs. It has it's Christian in nature, but it's meant to help and heal the injured or otherwise hurting people, both physically and spiritually. It might be thought of as like faith healing, basically. So, um, a lot of people said that like powwowing was essentially a religious movement, which regarded illness as the work of the devil, an evil manifestation to be expelled by charms, herbs, manipulations, and incantations delivered by an empowered believer in the scriptures. So practitioners of powwow, who are sometimes referred to as powwowers or brusher, um, have long used as a primary textbook called 
Der Lang, well, I'm just going to put this in chat. Der Lang, Rubberbang <laughs> Frond of the Long Lost Friend. Hey, Lockbeard. Hey, Lockbeard. It's not going to let me copy and paste it. Well, that's rude. She wasn't even gonna. She wasn't even gonna try and pronounce. She just. I'm gonna put this in chat. <laughs> well, uh, I was trying to get to the page. Never mind. It's not gonna work. So, uh, yeah, it's called that. The dare. Der Lange Verbergen Frond of the Long Lost Friend. Originally, it was published in 1820 by Johann George Hoham. And it's not long. It's just like barely 100 pages. No, so that's short. Yeah. But it's full of combination of charms, prayers, and remedies that make up the fundamental basics of powwowing. And it won't let me copy and paste that either. But because uh, it said you can read an English translation here online. But anyway, the links will be in the description. You know how it works here. So anyway, Breidmeier had one, of course, and his copy would prove to be the essential to the events that ended his life. So Nelson Raymeyer was born in October of 1868 several decades after the Reimers had first arrived to Pennsylvania in the 1840s. He was a farmer, primarily of potatoes, and although some news coverage of his death would call him a hermit or a recluse, he was more of a homebody than anything else. He lived alone, having separated from his wife Alice some years earlier, and mostly spent his days at home on the farm. He was generally friendly whenever he did interact with people, though. Hey, and, Freaky Geek. Hey, Freaky Geek. And in fact, had a reputation for helping people. He did it through powwowing. John, meanwhile, John Blymere, meanwhile, was also a powwow practitioner. He was born in York County in 1895. He came from a family of practitioners. What's more, they were on friendly terms with the Rymeyer who had helped heal John in his childhood. The affliction was believed to be a hex, but was more like malnutrition. But Blymeyer's life had been difficult, according to J. Rosh McGinnis, author of Trials of Hex, and interviewed in the Hex Hollow, he grew up, he grew up to be something of a drifter. And as a powwower, he was considered to be nothing extraordinary. He married, but several of his children died young. He also may have had one or more untreated mental health issues. He did not, or he did spend some time in Harrisburg State Hospital, but he left it on his own accord. He just walked out one day and trudged the 25 miles home to York County on foot. During a particularly difficult time, he developed the belief that he had been cursed. And that this curse was the reason for his lifelong misfortune. Because belief in powwow isn't just about the magic as a force for good. There's always a balance. Where there is good, there is evil. 
And where there is evil, there is hexaria. And John Blymeyer thought he had been hexed. So Blymeyer visited Nellingham. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you got your mistake. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. You couldn't, you couldn't have just, you know, messaged me and said, hey, miss, you know, there's a mistake there. No, he had to go and blurt it out. He blasted you. What the fuck, Andy? That's fucking funny. I feel the love. Amora Witt, here's my new stream boss on D-Live, so come check him out. The fuck? <laughs> That's the only reason why I started laughing. I read that. I was like, oh, shit. Really? Better fix that before Amora sees it. She might hex you. I know, right? Jesus, we're talking about hexes. Sorry, everybody. We got we got to kind of slow down the program to fix a a slight technical error. <laughs> there. <laughs> sorry, Amora. If you're rewatching this, I'm so sorry. It's Andy's fault. Yes, there's the balance right there. Balance is true. Yes, you're absolutely right, Ricky. <laughs> See how that works. Okay, so anyway, back to the story. So Blymeyer, he's the one that thought he was hexed, visited Nellie Knoll. Her given name was Emma Knopp, but she's known more commonly by her other moniker and more commonly still as the Witch of Marietta. Blymeyer's hopes was that Knopp could divine who had hexed him. He visited six times with each touching <laughs> costing him five bucks. And I'm sure back then, five bucks was a lot of money. And on the final occasion, Blymeer had his answer. Knopt instructed him to hold out his open hand and place, it up, place a dollar bill. And when she removed the bill, a picture of Rymeer appeared beneath Blymeer's palm. Knopt told him there, him there was only one way to remove the hex. First, he needed to acquire both the lock of Rymara's hair and, he and his copy of The Long Lost Friend and a lock of the man's hair. What the hell? Wait a minute. First, he needed to acquire both a lock of Rymara's hair and a copy of his lost long friend and a lock of the man's hair. Hey, okay. Dobby. Hey, Dobby. How are you, Ron? <laughs> welcome, welcome. So he had to he had to get a, a lock of his hair and the copy of his long lost friend, the powwow magazine or book. The, his book. Yes. Okay. Then he needed to bury the former and burn the latter. So bury the book and or one of the two. I don't know. Bury the lock of hair and burn the book. Yeah. So Blymeyer got to work. It took him a few months. He needed to enlist help and subsequently recruited John Curry then 14 years old, and Wilbert Hess, who was 18. But in November of 1928, he was ready to take action. Hey, G-Smoke. What's up, G-Smoke? How are you? 
haven't had a chance to hang the pins and everything yet uh, up on the tapestry, but it, it, it's going to get done. Got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> Me back to work and just Eddie working a lot. Not me. No, not you. So it took more than one visit. On the first one, which occurred on November 26th, Blymere and Curry stopped at first at Rymer's wife's house, Alice's house, to see if she knew where he was. See, she suggested that they call him at his farmhouse. So they did. Rymer answered the door and invited them in. They had a drink in the chat. And they ultimately, I guess, spent the night. They left them left in the morning, but later that night, the night of November 27th, they returned. Hess was with them this time, and they brought sticks and ropes. They knocked on the door, rousing Rymeyer. They told him they thought they had left something of theirs in the house after sleeping over the night before. Would And would he mind if they came in and checked? Of course not. So Rymeyer opened the door. A number of accounts exist regarding what happened next. What we do know, however, is that there was a struggle. And it took place in the kitchen. One of the men took up a piece of wood and hit Rymeyer over the head with, him, with it. Hard enough to break the man's skull. Bone fragments caused hemorrhaging in his brain. And eventually, although he had intended to tie Rymeyer up, the three attackers realized they didn't have to. Yeah, there ain't no need for it. He ain't fighting back. <laughs> Nor did they have to carry throughout with the burning Rymeyer's book and burying his hair. Rymeyer, they discovered, was dead, which meant the hex had died with him. No, it didn't. It is now the early morning of November 28th. Rymeyer's clock had stopped at 12.01 a.m. They lit the house on fire before they left. No house, no evidence, right? Wrong. But the house didn't burn down. Rymer's remains were soon discovered, and Blymeric, Curry, and Hess were arrested soon after. The York witch trials, as they were known, began in January of 1929, although you wouldn't find the word witchcraft anywhere in the court records. Officially, the motive is listed as robbery. After just a few days, the verdict came in guilty. Blymer and Curry both were sentenced to life in prison first-degree murder, while Hess was given 10 to 20 years for second-degree murder. Blymer's sentence was eventually commuted, and both Curry and Hess were paroled. Blymer died in 1972, Curry in 1978, and Hess in 1979. But the house is still there. Although attempts have been made, notably by Rymeyer's great-grandson, Ricky Ebbug, who currently owns the property, to turn what's now known as the Hex Murder House into a museum, none of them appear to have yet come to the fruitization. Have come to what? The fruitization. Have yet come to pass. Access to the interior isn't typically available. So anyone who tries to visit is limited to a quick drive-by. However, hayrides led by a bug sometimes spring up around Halloween season, and occasionally those hayrides include a look around the inside of Rymer's former home. 
um, they died because of the hex. That's a good question. Because I was reading those, those, like, Blymer died in 72, Curry in 78, and Hess in 79. Now, Blymer was older, but I know Curry, they said, was 14. So he died young. Yes, that's what I meant, Andy. So you can tell me, <laughs> back then, a 14-year-old was involved in, in a murder. Yeah. Now, who was the one that was hexed? Blymer, the oldest, the old one. Okay. He was 34. Why is it 34 hanging out with a 14-year-old? Well, Curry was 14 and Hess was 18. I don't know. Andy had a whole week off and her voice box is still sick with missyisms. That's right. (laughs) We talked about this just prior to the show. Um, I, I, you know, the only way you can be hexed is if you believe in being hexed. And now that this guy is dead, you still think the hex is there only because you keep it alive in your mind. I know, Shelly. I would love to look around there, too. So, he does these hay rides um, every once in a while. According to Penn Live, which reported on the hayride in 2013, the house is still furnished with many of Reimer's original belongings. That in itself would be cool. Exactly. How much of this house actually burnt? Did any of it burn? No. Well, okay. It says, um, additionally, a portion of the kitchen floor has been covered over with glass, putting the scorched floorboards beneath the area where Blymeyer attempted to start the fire that failed to burn down the house. And so it, so put, it's on display, basically. They, they try to preserve the uh, house itself. Right, right. And, of course, a certain eh, repetition or reputation hangs over the place. Some accounts say shadowy figures can be seen lurking around the property when no one is actually there. Others state that if you throw rocks at the house, it will throw them right back at you. No, that would be fucked. You know what? (laughs) I I would be amazed but freaked out at the same goddamn time. If I throw a rock at a house and that thing comes right back at me, I I think I'm going to stand there for a minute like, what the fuck really just happened? Well, wait a minute. I mean, if you throw a rock hard enough at the house, it's going to bounce back. (laughs) It's not going to bounce that far. (laughs) Um, They said a spectral black dog with red eyes has been reportedly been spotted in the underbrush. And according to one admittedly somewhat outlandish tale, something perhaps the spirit of Nelson Reimer herself might come at you from behind the wheel of a car. In the form of a dog? No, no, no. That's two different things. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm glad you separated that for me. But whether or not the ghost stories are true, the tragedy certainly is. And the house, no doubt, remembers. Nicole says the house just wanted to play tennis. Is that what it is? Okay. That's understandable. You know what, Shelly, I, I think that I would run in the opposite direction, but I think I would be stunned in awe that, that wait a minute, 
There's nobody there. Why is this thing throwing a rock at me? It could be Dobby. A demon dog could be. Well, I mean, it's got red eyes. I don't think it's a hellhound, but, you know. Oh, how many dogs do you know have red eyes? Oh, many. Really? No, not really. <laughs> I was waiting for I was waiting for you to elaborate on that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes, they play tennis with rocks, and we play kickball with boulders. That's right. Do we get steel toes with that? Would it matter? I know, this is true. Yeah, that's true, Nicole. She says, don't know why people immediately think of evil that throws wrath. Mike is trying to get your attention. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I, I would be in all. All right, Nicole. <laughs> Andy said, many years ago, my dog ate my stash, and I swear that thing had red pupils for hours after. You, you think? <laughs> that was only because it was high. <laughs> Shelly said, I wouldn't run from an apparition, but rocks being thrown? Yeah, I'd run. <laughs> Having dodgeball, too. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're playing tennis and dodgeball at the same time. <laughs> With rocks? Yeah. Well, that goes, I mean, I split my sister's head open with a rock. I didn't mean to, but. Yeah, see, Shelly gets it. It would get your attention if a rock smacked you in the head. Hey, <laughs> hey Giggles. Giggles. How are you, hon? <laughs> rock smacked you on the head. Yeah, you can get my attention, all right. <laughs> so, well, yeah, see, I mean. The, the belief in the hex, and, and I, I explain this to Shadows, the belief in the hex to me, is you have to believe that in in having a hex, and if you believe it, back then, if I remember correctly, the only way to break the hex is to go to the person that put the hex on you. But now, if this person is dead, the only other way to get rid of this hex is to stop believing in it. Stop believing that the hex is true, or cut the cord. Same thing. Right, you're yeah. Cutting it, you're cutting it away. Hey, Lady Crochet, how are you, hon? Hey, Lady. I guess Karen's her name. Hey, Andy. Andy says, Nicole, I've seen girls throw. It wouldn't be threatening. Yeah, well, the one girl that I've seen pitching for a college team. Thank you, Nicole. And striking out Major League Baseball players? Yeah, I'd be a little afraid. <laughs> Thank you for the lemons, Nicole. And Dobby brings up a good point. What happens if you don't know who put the hex on you? That's a good question. That is a good question. That's why he went to go see that one. I don't know if you heard that part of the story, but that's why he went to go see that other powwower to see who put the hex on because he didn't know. He just felt like a hex was put on him. But he didn't know who it was, so he went to find out. And as soon as they moved that dollar bill off of his hand, the picture of Reimeyer came into focus. Which is weird over a dollar. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so that just basically told him who the one was that put the hex on him. I don't know, Andy. You should have seen this one time when 
Eddie threw cigarette butts, tried to throw cigarette butts into the can. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm seriously glad this was not caught on camera. <laughs> went. Or video, I should say. <laughs> when I went to throw, I, I, I looked like I was a four-year-old girl. And I went like this, and all the cigarette butts went everywhere. I missed the ashtray completely. <laughs> I even looked at him and was like, what the hell was that? I just said, never mind. I have no idea. <laughs> You're welcome, Dobby. Yeah, that's. I wasn't sure. I thought you came in after that, but I wasn't she sure. Did. Yeah. All right. So the next story. Are you ready for this? No, but wait, hold on. Okay. I, I want to know what people think about hexes. Do you actually believe in it? Or do you believe it has to be something that resonates with inside of yourself that gives you the fear to believe it's possible? Well, that's a pretty good question. Had to get a quick bucket bath. Hey, Jesse James, long time no see. How you doing? Hey, Lockbeard. What's Sorry. up, Jesse? You said hi to Lockbeard a long time Did ago. Did I say hi to him? Okay, I wasn't yes, sure if I said hi to him. I couldn't remember. <laughs> All right. So anyways, to me, a hex, I don't believe it's possible unless you yourself totally believe that somebody else can pick your fate. That's Shelly, says, my... Shelly says, I think that a person who believes they are hex creates the problem. Thank you. That, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Because I don't think anybody else can control what my destiny is and what happens in my life. That's all up to me. That's cool, Andy. A woman who um, who lives opposite my guitar tutor has a registered number of late hate, late hacks. I like that. But yeah, I mean, well, also though, there was a story that I told you that was on, you know, because I was doing laundry for work um, on the Expanded Perspectives podcast about the 62-year-old guy who didn't know he, he had seen a guy, basically like a shadow guy, shadow like Grim Reaper type guy, no sickle or anything. And was scared about this guy he had seen him in his room when he was eight or around that age um seen him throughout his life had nightmares about this guy and then when his grandfather died um found books that had to be translated because he was like different you know obviously different um nationalities and his mom translated them and apparently his uncle had killed somebody so um had somebody had cursed his family the the boys in the family the sons the sons and he didn't know and even back then his mom after she translated it all for him she remembered that she got asked before the shadow guy started showing up in his life. She was asked by her father if he had seen the boogeyman or anything like that in his dreams or in his, you know, at all. So, I mean, because 
he believed in the curse, obviously. It was weird. It was a good story. It was really good. But if you believe in something like that strong enough and, and it passes down through the bloodline, they're going to believe it too. So the only way to stop this curse is to stop believing that it's actually true. That's like our my my one of my besties basically. Um her father had a very rough life or whatnot, right? And she goes, I feel like my father has passed it down to me because she's had a rough life, a very rough life. And I told her to, when she goes to bed at night, imagine to see if there's a cord coming to her. It, it reminded me, the way she was explaining it to me, it reminded me of like a... Umbilical cord. Well, no, 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 no. Um, like a... a I don't want to say hex or curse, but like it was through their lineage. You know what I mean? Like it was passed on through their lineage. Misleading so, information. And what do you mean misleading information? For her to see what, uh, I know who you're talking about and I'm not going to say the name. Right. But it, Okay, it, Shelly. All right, Shelly. But for her to let it go, which a lot of which she was listening to probably wasn't even real. I know I'm, I'm so I, ex confused. I know what I'm what trying to explain. <laughs> right, right. I'm confused because none of that came up. She wasn't being told anything. She just felt like she had part of that lineage where it was just a bad life. Not that they were cursed or anything. You can't be born with it. I mean, it's something that I believe you can. If you have a lineage, yeah, okay. if you have a lineage <laughs> thing, you definitely, you know, so I told her anyway, I told her to lay down at night and imagine seeing if you could see a cord. And she saw a cord and I said, cut it, cut it, just cut it off. And it took her, I think she said three nights to yeah. actually get through it. Um, but every time she imagined it the next night, it grew a little bit smaller, you know, from her cutting it. Man. And she, ever since she cut it, she feels a lot better. Pickle says she watched a show of Unsolved Mysteries, how a man who was in a hospital and two doctors did a hex removal on him. How the hell is a doctor going to do a hex removal? They might be... You don't know what doctors are. I mean, God, I wear. I remember that time I took Taylor to the doctor, my oldest daughter, and and he saw my um, pentagram or my pentacle, my necklace, and and well, he assumed I was Wiccan, but. Um, so you're gonna tell me these doctors assume the role of uh, witch doctors to be able to remove hexes? Some of them can. Or were they the actually psychiatrists? Where do you think where do you think witchcraft comes from? I mean, that's a label. That's well, a label. Witch doctors, yes, I, I I get that. I I understand that. But you're gonna tell me nowadays, walking into an ER, they can take away a fucking hex, a curse? No, but certain ones know of it and know they have been practicing it. So how do they get rid of it? In their own way, I don't know. 
It can't be surgically removed. No. Well, I guess it could if you got a, a front of a lot of a lobotomy. It's gone. It's gone for good. <laughs> See, Nicole, there. I'm telling you, cut that cord. Cut that cord if there's a cord there. Uh, Giggle said he wasn't eating and getting really thin because he thought he was cursed. Yeah, we should not be affected by our lineage. What's happened in the past has happened in the past. So that I've cut many cords. Andy says the pentacle is no more evil than the star of David, which just happens to be two blending of equal equilateral triangles, ancient lingo for male, female, and unity. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of, believe me, I know. That's, yeah, a lot of people don't know, this, just like they see the Nazi sign, they only see the Nazi sign, but it's also a different sign. If you look into it, if you research it, um, just like a lot of people think the, um, oh, what's the, um, I know cause I got criticized, criticized bad with my store on Facebook about this, but, um, the, I can't remember what linear or what, uh, religion it's from, but where this, the cross is sideways. Um, and I did research on it. And it's just a, it's a statement of, of Jesus carrying his cross. A lot of that is, yes, Lockbeard, um, mind over matter. A lot of it is, yes. Um, yeah. And, and there's ways to do that. Yes, you you are so right, Lockbeard. All sick. I'd, I'd be the only one not vomiting because I banished vomiting entirely. I hated it so much. I also banished my cigarette smoke allergy. Yep, you can do it. Yes, that's what, what Buddhists do. That's what monks do. That's what, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of, that's why, like Bruce Lee, even him, you know, you can block that stuff out. You can. Exactly, Andy. Yeah, the many thousands of years that the so-called Nazi sign had been a sign of love and peace has all but forgotten these days. You're exactly right. There you go, Freaky Geek. Yeah, it does look like a pinwheel, doesn't it? The <coughs> Nazi sign. Swastika. Yeah. Uh, Lockbeard said I did not vomit for 10 years, which is when I learned to drink obscene amount of alcohol. Well, I'm not saying that, but. Because <laughs> I can drink an obscene amount of alcohol <laughs> and not puke, not vomit. That's one thing. I'm like, Andy, I, I love spiritual nature of ayahuasca and everything like that. I've seen people do it. And just the experience, but I would be, I think I, I want, it's like I want to do it, but I'd be nervous too, if that makes sense. 
isn't that that uh, I watch videos on it, like Native Tribes? Yeah, it's a very hallucinogenic fucking drink. It's what Josh Gates took, remember? Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's when they go to lose their fucking uh, purity for the first time. Yeah, and they, uh, yeah, you go in and you, yeah, you hallucinate and all that. Yeah. Um, I remember watching videos on that. Yeah. All right. So, next story. Ready for this? Bring it on, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Steve was a normal, rugged boy for the age of 12. An outdoorsman in the making. Like the other boys, he lived in his country setting. He divided the time after he left school, you know, for, for school chores and hobbies and adventures. The thrill of adventure, you remember how it is when we were kids, man, we we're on the woods all day. The thrill of adventure that stirred Steve's young heart was that of exploration. He certainly was born in the right place to t- fulfill his quest for adventure, for he was surrounded by miles of w- wilderness with strong flowing streams that cut deep crevices into the ancient Allegheny, Allegheny Allegheny Mountains. Jesus, I live near there. I can. I was going to say you I know. pronounce that right. <laughs> because Allegheny Mountains is right outside of Erie, PA. We have the, you know, peak and peak fucking ski range. It's the Allegheny Mountains. I've, I've fished the Allegheny River. I know. Like, it's like I knew how to say that, but my mouth was like, no, you're not. It's fucking simple to say. It's Allegheny. <laughs> <laughs> There were many abandoned settlements dotting the overgrown landscape, and the land lost the land lost to the Indians was the era lost time, or to the Great Depression when the poor farmers moved to the urban areas to fend for their families as the local economy grounded to a halt. Of the many ancient ruins that came across in his adventures, nothing gave him such a distinct unsettling feeling as coming across an abandoned and dilapidated graveyard in the middle of the forest. That would be awesome. No visible houses or signs of habitation in the area. These forgotten villages of the dead gave one impression that something terribly wrong must have happened for someone to be totally forsake their ancestors. Was that? You wishing everybody a happy 4th of July. <laughs> a notification that you went live. Um, that I went live? Yeah, your happy 4th of July one yesterday. That, what the? And it just fucking popped up? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you, YouTube. So, so <laughs> you know, he's out there doing it. He's like, did something unspeakably happen that drove them from this place? Making those in, um, making those interred here with their dishonored dead was the land cursed. Though Steve would never know for sure the reason, the feeling of dread and despair always accompanied coming upon such sites. On one occasion, he entered more than just a nameless fear that covered the area like a shroud of darkness. One time, he was sure he met the darkness itself in physical form. It was late one evening, one hot summer day, when Steve and his best friend Randy came across a strange sight while exploring a local creek. Are you reading Brokeback Mountain? No. It looked as if the shale had exploded 
in the creek bed. From a distance, they saw a large piece of rock standing upright <laughs> on the shore. What's up, Nubs? Hey, Nubs. Don't apologize, brother. We've seen you going on and on. Do your thing, brother. Definitely. So they saw a large piece of rock standing upright on the shore and other similar sized pieces scattered in piles nearby. But as they drew closer, they could see that the, it was it was not the thick shale from a creek that protruded from and littered the ground in the edge of the night. It was headstones. The yep. names and lettering were almost completely obliterated after years of exposure to the elements. Gray-green mold covered most of the markers, which gave an odd texture to the few styled features that were still visible on the surface. But the one thing that disturbed Steve and Randy the most was the oddity of having a graveyard was being placed on the shores of a creek. It seemed like a very odd and unlikely place to bury the dead. The boys th thoroughly examined every stone, looking for a name, but the letters were too worn for them to see what they were. It was then they had this distinct feeling that they were being watched. Hey, Pammy. Hi, Pammy. Withdraws from y'all, hug y'all. Aww. <laughs> Steve knew that Steve knew the feeling well. Having spent many hours hunting in the woods, it was instinctual. But training made one rely upon and enhance that that extinct the the little bit enhanced that instant. He knew there was something off to the right watching them. He nonchalantly turned, still keeping his eyes on the ground. I do that when I think somebody's watching me. I don't make I don't make it look like I'm looking over at them. Right, but you have that burning feeling that right they're watching me. Then, without raising his head, he looked up into the wooden embankment where he felt the eyes upon him, and he saw it. It was staring back at him. Beside, behind some foliage, there was a crouched person. Crouched, it was like a hideous humanoid figure. From what he recalls, it was dressed in like literal rags. The shirts and pants were torn and filthy and so much that the original color, he really couldn't tell what the original color was. The body was unnatural. It was hunched over. You had the sense that it was that the hunch overness was its natural position and posture. It was like a mishappened body that tried to look human but failed on a basic level. But it was the head that was the truly frightening thing. Like the body, it was as someone who had never seen a human being before had tried to make out make one out of a few mangled pieces. The head was large and bulbous in a way that it could only you could only call swash-like. The eyes were oddly set and protruding from their sockets like they were made too large for the skull that held them. The creature's grayish skin was covered in lesions and boils from which a shiny itcher leaked. I don't know. And drenched the flesh. 
They stood there staring at each other for what seemed like hours, eyeing to eye, measuring the other. The only movement was the lurching of things, of the thing's body as a, as it rem, as it breathed, basically. Then as Randy turned and saw the monstrosity stalking them, he let out a high-pitched shriek and the creature disappeared. It did not run. Steve and Randy had kept their eyes on it the whole time. It just simply faded away as it had never existed. The two boys stood there stunned, wondering if they had just hallucinated the whole thing. That but would be hard if you got two kids seeing the same thing. Right. You ain't going to hallucinate the same thing. And, and, and I'm only saying this because when you do acid with somebody else, y'all ain't going to see the same thing. Y'all are going to see something completely different. But for two kids to see exactly the same thing kind of makes it odd. Right. So, but a quick examination of the area where they had the being had stood showed that there had been something physically there. The ground was disturbed and there was vague footprints in the mud. They quickly turned their investigation and made haste in returning home. They never returned there. They were too afraid that they might encounter it again. So what was the spectral image that Steve and Randy saw when they were young boys? Was it an apparition of the dishonored dead buried haphazardly? in the side of the creek, in the middle of nowhere? Was it a hallucination after a long hike or spooky setting which played with the young boys' minds? Or was it something else? Although this counter encounter happened years ago, a similar incident brought the story back to mind. <laughs> yeah, it was you, Andy. Were you in the Allegheny Mountains? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know I know the Allegheny Mountains well. Like I said, I, I fished the Allegheny River. I, I camped in the Allegheny Mountains. Um, so to me, being fifty years old now, hearing stories of, of something like this that happened up there is the first time I'm ever hearing of it. What do you think it was, though? I mean, I mean, that's an odd description. Like, something was out of, was it a zombie? That's all I could think about when they were talking about it. Like, the eyes were too big for the skull. All I could think about was a freaking zombie. If it was a zombie, it would have been going after them, not running away from them. Well, what it didn't run away. It just faded away. They said they kept running at Oh, while they were running at it and, and kept their eyes on it. That's what you read in the story. And then he just kind of faded away. That's what you. That's what you read. No, it said it did not run. Stephen Randy kids right here. I let me read. Stephen Randy had kept their eyes on it the whole time. It just simply faded away as it never existed. I just said that the kids were running towards it. Never took their eyes off. They of it. never ran towards it. It started. It disappeared when Randy shrieked. Tell me, you didn't just say that one of the kids was running towards it. You just, you just said it. Again. No, I did not. All right, read it again. Read that last part again. Hold on, I'll start from here. Then as Randy turned and saw the monstrosity stalking them, 
he let out a high preached shriek and the creature disappeared. It did not run. Steve and Randy had kept their eyes on it the whole time. Steve and ran and kept his eyes on it the whole time. Steve and Randy. Ran. Oh, oh Steve. It sounds like you said Steve ran. Okay, now <laughs> I got you. I got you now. I apologize. That's okay. But it sounded like you were saying Steve ran. And it was like, poof. He ran and got cookies. Yeah. Very hard to prove you have taken it live beard, your own body proof juice is DMT that's present in most poop stuff. Yeah, but it's it's presented at such a low level, it's not even in your blood. You shouldn't. Here you go. One such case bears a striking resemblance to what young boys encountered over ten years ago in the western Pennsylvania woods. I know, right, Andy? The case involved a very violent haunting where a man was being physically attacked. There was something scratching him, pulling him across the floor, and things being thrown across the room. But the strangest thing that made me pause was the appearance of a disfigured humanoid in the man's house. It appear its appearance was very similar to what Stephen Randy had encountered all those years ago. The bulbous head, the disfigured body in tattered clothing. However, the thing did not just disappear into nothingness. It ran away, but something other than the victim saw it trying to enter a woman's house. All of this might have been dismissed as a hallucination or hoax if it were not for the respectability of the victim and the witness. Who's running? What is that noise? Did you guys hear that? I mean, I know we have people leaving today, but damn. Make sure there's nothing going on in the hotel. We are the bodyguards. <laughs> Mr. Holland using a laundry chute. Oh, wow. That was loud. You, you, I even heard it from my headphones. Yeah. You see me take them off and right. look. I'm going to listen to a lot of expanded perspectives today. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got really good hearing, and when shit goes awry, I I, I I can't hear it. Yeah. Yeah, they had heard it. Freaky said he was about to run upstairs to see what was being moved. No, it, it's, it's hey Amanda. Here. Hi Amanda. <laughs> it, it, it's here. It's happening here. We have a laundry chute door for the housekeepers that is basically right behind the wall where yeah, shadows it's, it's is. like right here. So that's what we heard. But great, that's a lot of laundry. <laughs> so, adding to the veracity of the tale, the victim and the witness both do not wish to be in the spotlight. He does not seek fame or glory, nor is 15 minutes of fame. He just wants it all to stop. He wants the terror to go away. Is it a mere coincidence that the two phantom beings had the same physical appearance? Many would say it's a demonic class of being or a creature akin to the old, you know, or the old world elf or gnome. A creature of supernatural abilities that 
seem to be crude mockery of humanity. A specter out of folklore coming to haunt our modern day world. Which makes me think, what other creatures of native folklore that lurk in the 14, fortune world might be in truth to more spiritual in nature than flesh and blood? Like, and I know a lot of people will go against me in this, but I believe, like, Dogman, I mean, that thing's been shot at. That thing's been, and it just disappears. Bigfoot. Same with Bigfoot. Just, he, everybody's in this state looking for Bigfoot, looking, and the Bigfoot ain't there, now he's over here. Right. Just vanishes. Some of the same um, propriety phenomenon that occurs during paranormal manifestations also occurs during these encounters with cryptids and UFOs. Batteries drain, temperature drops, electromagnetic field fluctuates. He said, last year while visiting the same area where I encountered um, a giant bird in 2000, I once again saw either the same or a similar similar creature. But this time I was prepared. The digital camera in hand, with digital camera in hand, I began to snap pictures of the large bird as it was being attacked by smaller birds as it rose into the air a little more than 100 feet from me. But the camera froze. The batteries were dead, but I just purchased and placed them in the device a few minutes few moments before I entered the area. By the time I switched out the batteries, I did manage to snap a few pictures, but they were blurry and could not make anything of value out. They were pretty darn pathetic. I've only told a few of these experiences or a few of this experience because mostly of the bad evidence I had on hand. Welcome back, Freaky Geek. Welcome back. I only share it now as an example. Many who study various areas of the unexplained do not like to have their genre of study lumped with descriptive title of paranormal phenomena. But perhaps there is more co commonly in more in common in these encounters with the unexplained than we'd like to presume. Perhaps we within our dim mortal vision of the mysteries that surround us are true lurkers in twilight. But it's true. A lot of people do have the same kind of, you know, malfunctions when they're hunting cryptid or UFOs. So, thank you for the limones. Specialist the needs. Thank you so thank much. You. I didn't even see specialists slide in. They were lurking. They are lurking. <laughs> Hope oh, all is well with you. Always watching. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you think about it. It's always good to have lurkers. Definitely. But yeah, you think about it. I mean, I just, I don't know when it comes to cryptid. Like, I can't believe in one and not the other. You know, paranormal, cryptid. You know what I mean? That goes right along with saying, you can't believe in heaven and not believe in hell. Right. It's a balanced thing. It has to be balanced. 
if you get out of balance, that's when chaos starts. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's the thing. Like back in the day, that back in the day, I'm so glad that like people are coming together, talking more and more um, about all three, you know, the paranormal, the cryptid, and UFOs together, because back in the day, you wouldn't find that. When I first started <laughs> researching, I mean, mind you, my paranormal came first, and then I started creeping into UFOs and then cryptids. And back in the day, you couldn't talk about all three subjects in one, you know, place. Can you believe that you can fly only to learn to swim. That confuses me right there. Makes your brain hurt? It, well, not quite. My eyeballs ain't bleeding yet, but I'm, I'm kind of confused. You learn to fly to learn how to swim. I thought you learned, you, you had to learn how to swim to learn how to crawl. <laughs> All right. Get off that one, because I'm, 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 yeah, no. <laughs> or is she doing the psychedelic talk with Lockbeard and Andy? Because <laughs> that would make more sense. Okay, here you go. Here's one. Ready? Okay. For weeks in early April of 1971, residents of the Mobile, Alabama suburbs of Port City and Plateau had an encounter with a strange and bizarre creature. I'm sorry. Amanda just, that was the, the, the simplest swimming is how you fly in water. Really. Because when you fly, nothing moves. It, it just, you glide. But when you swim, everything's moving. Not so necessarily. Not. If uh -huh. you think about it, how UFOs fly, what the hell does that have to do with you swimming in water? Because, listen, listen to me. Okay. When UFOs fly, they're... Blackbeard uh, says that only makes sense to penguins. <laughs> <laughs> when UFOs fly, they're manipulating the air around them. When you swim, you're manipulating the water around you. But you're, but you're moving your body parts. So you're not well, flying. Even if you're walking through water. But you, huh? Even if you're walking through, like I'm talking about gliding through water, you know, if you're in a pool and you're walking to the other side. Strolling through, you know. Right. You're manipulating the water around you. The water's going around you. Just like camera. how UFOs. You're trying to look at me and you can't I know. I can't. I can, I'm talking to the top of your head. Well, the top of your hat, I should say. I keep looking at the bill of your hat. Um, but if you float, well, that's not flying. You buy a moving body, but. Oh, freaky, nothing was dirty about any of that. Blackbeard, I am Canadian. <laughs> you know what? That just explained a lot right there. Oh, you just this freaky Patrick and another too. <laughs> Bullshit, you feel weightless in water. Yeah, you do. That's why you float. Really? That's why they use this. So, that's why I keep looking at the freaking top of his hat. That's why <laughs> they <laughs> use. <laughs> That's why they use it in physical therapy. Okay, let's go back to my near-death experience of drowning. <laughs> I did not feel weightless, I can tell you that. 
I thought I was fucking dead that night. I swear to God. Yeah, uh, whatever. Float on water or air. You can't float in the air. When you fly, you're floating. You ain't doing shit. You're in a plane. You ain't floating. <laughs> the plane's floating. But you ain't. Jump out that bitch and tell me you're going to float. Okay. You're going to drop it about 120 miles per hour. You're going like to you're floating. What happened to floating? Oh, that's right. You stepped out of the one thing that was actually floating. Uh-huh. Dragonflies skimming the water. Yeah, what, what the hell are you driving? What, what does that mean? <laughs> hey, that's all right, Bob Beer. Bring them. Bring them. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you don't fucking float. If you are Superman, well, okay, Heather, yeah, if you're Superman, if you believe in that kind of person, <sighs> but can you or anybody else leap over a building in a single bound? Nope. Can I get shot in the chest and it bounce off? Nope. Can I float in water? Absolutely not. I'm a fucking badass, I think. What the hell are you people talking about? A parachute? That is not, no. No, that's wrong. Parachute is devised to, to push your nuts up into your asshole if you're a guy. Yes. <laughs> you're fine, Amanda. <laughs> oh, no, it's all funny. And they're, and they're beady eyes. If you step out in space. Well, actually, no. You won't actually float in outer space either. Being up in space is, is like this. You ever, you know how you go really fast up a hill in a car and you get that moment where you're at the top and just before you dive down, you're like, <gasps> right? That's floating. That You stay in that <gasps> part. Yep, they, their head explodes and shit. No. My God. How do you know? Have you talked to an astronaut? Yes, I have talked to many. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> in L Island, engine stopped over house where my room was. It was dropping fast, prayed, it worked fast, power of prayer. Yep. So they went in, they, they had a uh, a dive, a dead dive stall. And apparently she prayed for the fucking motor to that's, kick back in. That's freaking awesome. But, that's amazing right there. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so. See, I only got into this shit because Andy and Logbeer are talking all this psychedelic shit and I'm breathing it. It's the free fall before you realize you're going to hit the ground at top speed. Your top speed falling as a human being is about 120 miles an hour is, is how fast you're falling. Uh, a lot of people don't understand uh, parachutes, uh, uh, jumpers and that. They don't shoot back up into the air. They just stop so fast that it looks like they went back up. Hey, we're Alaskanadians. Are we? <laughs> That's what Steve calls them. No, we're Russian. Oh, Ru- Russia. <laughs> Nicole, what are we? Russia, Alaskanadians? Ru- yes. Russian Alaskanadians. <laughs> we, we've been called Russians, we've been called Canadians, and we live in Alaska, so we're Russian Canadian. 
Russia Canadian or Russia Alaska Canadian. Russia Rush Alaska Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get yep. There it is. Russia Alaska Canadians. Yeah. That's us. Um we live on three different continents at one time. You're a hybrid. <laughs> I'm a New York Canadian. We're not no, that's, no, I'm a New York Alaska. I don't fucking know. <laughs> As my dad said when I asked him in third grade what our nationality was, I'm playing Yankee Doodle. That's what he told me. I'm playing Yankee Doodle. Hey, hey, what's up, Whisper? Hey, hey, Ryan, how you doing? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. In Russia, it's, I'm not even good. Why you gotta put that up there, Nicole? You know I can't say that. That's why she does it. <laughs> I ain't stupid. Kriborsky. Yeah, that. I, I think I said that actually right too. Kriborsky. That J throws me off. <laughs> Look, you don't want to become American. Just stay Canadian. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> But you're not married yet, are See, you? See, I don't did, think... Did Amanda get married? It's, I don't... The thing with it is, is growing up where I did in New York, like, I don't look at Canadian... I Like, I think Canadians are American. That's just... I just... I don't have that concept of Canadians not being American. Because right? I was so close. You know what I mean? That's like if somebody here gives me Canadian change. We don't even think about I it. I don't think about it because I'm like... I'm so used to having Canadian change in New York. Well, congratulations, Amanda. I didn't know you got married to, to him. I, uh, congratulations. Congratulations. You can have dual dual citizenship, though. That's your probably best bet. Right. But congratulations. I didn't know that you would. It's Kip, right? Yeah, Kip. Yeah. I didn't know you guys actually uh, finally got married. Congratulations. Okay, you ready? No. Come on now. Come on no. now. I sound like my son. Come on now. That's what he tells me when I'm trying to, we're trying to do games together. And I'm, you know, because I screwed up. I'm like, he's like, come on now. Are you ready? I'm ready. For weeks in April of 1971, residents of Mobile, Alabama suburbs of Port City and Plateau had encounters with a strange and bizarre creature, the Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue. Since the dawn of civilization, legends of half-human, half-animal creatures have tantalized <coughs> the curious and helped build mythologies. The werewolf is one of the more popular of these anthropomorphic creatures and familiar to use because they have roots in both European and American Indian folklore. The European tradition is more familiar strain of the legend concerning the transforming of wolf in human. The transformed being was usually an evil man in league with the devil who would terrorize and feast on the flesh of an innocent population. In the Native American culture, the werewolf is associated with a skinwalker. The skinwalker can transform himself into an animal for a period of time. Like in the European lore, this person uses evil or culturally offensive means to gain the ability to transform. And then they cause chaos 
and violence in the community while transformed. I didn't do it. The Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue was a classic. Um, <laughs> right, Ryan? <laughs> he said, uh, ooh, Lady Werewolf sounds like my type of lady. <laughs> you know what? That, that's way too much hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue was a classical person. Its upper body was that of a human and the lower limbs were of a wolf. She made her appearance in the beginning of April when it began to roam the streets at night. One witness described what the it. Fuck? Heather says Eddie's folding hair. One witness described it as a woman and wolf, pretty and hairy. After the initial report in the Mobile Register, the newspaper received over 50 calls of encounters and sightings over the following week. But they read that wrong. It said pretty and hairy. It should have just said pretty, pretty hairy. I know. That's what I... <laughs> it took me everything to not say pretty hairy. Um, <laughs> so here's the newspaper. Citizens were chased by creatures, stalked, and saw it roaming in their backyards. No one was hurt or assaulted, and the police took investigation seriously for the sheer number of reported sightings. But after... Little more than ten days, the creature the creature disappeared, never to see it be seen again. So what was it? Witness witness described as having an upper body of a beautiful woman, and the back quarters of a wolf. It ran on all fours, as a wolf would, and most of the sightings took place at night by terrified witnesses. Perhaps a feral woman. It certainly would not be the first child to be so supposedly be raised by wolves and then mimic the traits of the adopted species. Take the Lobo Wolf Girl of Devil's River. According to feralchildren.com, in May of 1835, the Wolf Girl of Devil's River was born to Molly Dent, who had gone with her husband to the Beaver Creek or Beaver Lake area to trap. No freaky geek, not the female version of Pan. This is the female version of uh, uh, what the hell was his name from X Men? Wolverine. <sighs> turns into a fucking wolf. <laughs> Wolverine don't turn into a wolf. Well, I know, but that's the closest thing I can think. She's not Pan. <laughs> so Molly was having problems with the birth, so her husband John Dent rode to get help from a Mexican-run goat ranch in the Pesco Canyon. But he was stuck. He was struck and killed by lightning before he could return, accompanied by the Mexican couple. Hi, Cassie. Hey, Cassie. By the time the Mexicans reached Molly, she had died, apparently in childbirth. Wolf tracks to the vicinity suggested that the newborn infant had been devoured by the local wolves in the area. However, though, <laughs> Whisper says it's the female version of the Teen Wolf. Right, right. There you go. However, Patrick, how you doing? Hey, Patrick. In 1845, a boy saw a girl in the company of pack of low wolves attacking a herd of goats. Less than a year later, a Mexican woman in the San Felipe saw two large wolves and a girl devour a fresh, freshly killed goat. She observed the girl run off, first on all fours and then on two legs. 
A hunt was mounted, and after three days, the local girl at Devil's River was caught after frightening wildly to keep her freedom. She was taken to a ranch, really just a two-room hovel, and locked in there. Her howling attracted answer cry, answering cries from wolves far and, wide, far and wide, and a large pack of wolves rushed the corrals, attacking the goats, cows, and horses. Shooting started, and in the confusion, the girl managed to remove the board nailed over the window and make her escape. So, I mean, obviously she must have been. Well, see, I really got to go back in and and study the story from Greek because there there is supposedly this wolf boy. And it was a house uh, in in downtown Erie. You could drive by it. And it had cages on the window. Because they were afraid that he would get out. Oh, wow. And, it, I mean, I, I literally seen the bars on the windows and shit. Right. And apparently this person had been locked in this room. They, I mean, they would get visited and everything. But they locked him in there to protect him. So, now that you're going on this kind of road, I, I want to go back now and, and really see if it was all a ploy for popularity or if this was actually true. Right, right. So. I don't know. It says, here's another one. In 1852, a group of frontiersmen surveying a better route to El Paso saw a girl suckling two wolf cubs in a sandbar in the river who then ran off carrying the cubs. She would have been 17 in that year, but she was never seen again. So, was the creature sighting by the mobile Alabama community merely a grown feral child who was a mistake as an animal because of the method of uh, walking on all fours and disheveled appearance? Well, I don't know. I think it's two different things. I would say, you Was Tarzan real? I don't know. Was he raised by apes and shit? Uh, I mean, so it, it, it's like you, it, it's hard to understand what the truth really is. Did she suckle on two wolves and get them take off? How did she pick them up and run with them? Was it on all fours or on two legs? Right. So it, do you it, think this wolf girl, though, that they saw in, in 1971 was this girl? I, I don't think it was a wolf girl. I think that's just the name they gave to her because... Maybe she was one of them kind of that had the uh, uh, the ability to be accepted by a pack of wolves, and she was able to run with them, right, and not be hurt by them and protected by them. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it, it, it's hard to understand if or was there another born? Because they're trying to say, you know. They're like, was this creature sighted in Mobile, Alabama, that right. wolf girl, or a product of that? I mean, obviously, I don't think humans and, and wolves can mate. Oh, <laughs> Ryan. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> maybe she had, he said maybe she had a reputation as a man-eater. 
<laughs> Kidding. Excuse the lame joke. LOL. Might be recording some stories about kids adopted by wolves. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and you see it all the time. But this happened in 1852, right? Or were they seeing someone that was raised by wolves and therefore became one herself? Not physically, but emotionally. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. She was physically and emotionally accepted by a pack of wolves where she wouldn't be hurt. She was protected. She was part of their, their pack. I almost so, said pride, but pride's lions. But what I'm saying is, okay, this one that they saw in 1971, the bizarre creature, the wolf woman of Davis Avenue, because it disappeared all of a sudden. Is it the same one as the one in 1872 or whatever it was, 1845? So you're talking almost 100 years later. Right. O over 100 years later. Right. So they're asking if it was a feral, feral child or was it a skinwalker who manifests itself? On I, those I, don't think, I, I don't think uh, it, it would have been the same person over 100 years. On those late spring nights so long ago. But if it was a skinwalker. Says anyway, the community was in uproar, and the community dared not to venture out at night. Doors that were usually open to invite neighbors for a welcome time in southern of the Southern Fellowship were closed and locked. For a long time in April of '71, the mobile community was gripped in fear, which would be the desired outcome if the creature truly was a practitioner of witchery way. However, using the pelt of a wolf or a cow, coyote is strict taboo for a skinwalker. Perhaps the original writers of the story got it right. In the article pictured above, the author calls the creature an apparition or a phantom. Something truly terrifying manifested itself in Momo 38 years ago and then vanished into the ethereal mist of time. So where does the wolf woman lurk now? But that's where I'm confused because it can't manifest itself without somebody's proper thought of it's real. That's your way about it, though. So you think apparitions just can manifest themselves? I don't know. That's the question. That's okay. You know that's what, what I mean? I'm asking you, though. This is they saw asking. something. They saw something. Okay. So they saw something. Was it something that their mind played a trick on that they manifested? 50 calls in a week? Just saying. Without even knowing the other person saw it? I mean, it's got to be something. Or they're seeing someone that was raised by wolves and therefore became one herself. Not physically, but emotionally. Yeah, that I can understand. Um... Because there are many children that have been raised by the wild. Yeah, definitely. I like right. what, I like what Ryan just said. Go ahead. I just read it, yeah. Ye nah, I, I, I wouldn't even know. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that bucket. So word. we'll just go skinwalker. It, it, it's a skinwalker. <laughs> Can be tricky as hell. If this was a skinwalker, knowing her name would waken her power, or so the Navajo legend says. But what if you don't know? Because you're never going to know her name. If it was that child that was born, because the mom died in birth, remember, and the dad went to go get but he was struck by lightning. 
um, she never had a name, at least a human name. Amanda, I, I, I would agree with you on something like that. But if, even if all three of you are smoking out of the same pipe, you damn sure ain't going to hallucinate the same thing. You all going to be on different hallucinations. Patrick, that's what I was getting at. Some things live for a long time. I mean, if this was a, I don't know, if, if it was another creature, you don't know how long they live. You know what I mean? They, they can live a long time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You know. This is actually a pretty good story. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So many different things can happen at, 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 the, at this moment in time. But you have to understand, even if you all drink out of the same glass of, of, uh, of some kind of hallucinogen, it's not going to affect all three of you the same way. Exactly, Ryan. I agree. He's like, I would have been all over this. The fact that there was a werewolf or possible skinwalker would have engaged full Fox Mulder mode. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Ryan, I actually got a question for you. I got a question for everybody, actually, in the paranormal world, cryptid world. But, you but real quick, for Amanda, it says it depends on the influence and how close the people are. That has nothing to do with when you hit the estate. When you hit the state of illusion, has nothing to do with who's around you or anything. It's going to be what you believe in and what you're feeling. So you can have three people totally fucked up. One person telling a story, but all three people are going to see it in a different way. What's up, Macho? <laughs> hey, Macho Sancho. So my question was, is basically, now we're hearing more and more stories of t in today's world, right? Uh, of different things. Do you feel, and this is a question to everybody, do you feel that there are more sightings or that more people are feeling comfortable coming out with their stories? It's more accepted now. I'll lean towards the second part of that. Yeah. Ryan says, yeah, it sounds like there could be a small part of mass hysteria, which does bring the Tulpa question into play to a degree. You're right. Yeah. You, you always have to watch out for that when there's more than one. But I don't know if it didn't say in the, in the story if the 50 calls were like at one. I know they're at a week, but is it somebody talking? And But Ryan kind of agrees with me here. He says, yeah, seeing illusions are not subject matter. One person usually sees something unique. Each individual mind adds their own details. Right. Because, I mean, even in, like, what we see in the natural world looks different from person to person. The color green you're seeing right now may not be the same color green I'm seeing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Andy said you should read DMT, The Split Monocle by Dr. Rick Stressman. He's He was astounded for how many different volunteers had identical experiences with the same beings they met in their experiences. See, that is, yeah, that 
that is interesting as well because there have been people that have seen the same thing you know and he said all done under hospital conditions and statements taken before people could compare notes i like studies like that i really That's do what, but perfectly said people have seen the same thing but not at the same time but he's saying these people volunteered to go under dmt and right. same that say well, saw the same thing but didn't even talk to each other that's what i'm saying three people in this in in, in the same room taking the same hallucinating drug i'm not going to see the same thing but these people did were they all in the room at the same time or did they all come one after the Read other? Read the freaking book. <laughs> he was astounded by how many different volunteers had identical experiences with the same beings they met in their experiences. The question I'm asking, were they all in the same room at the same time? No. These were people that volunteered to come do this, but all seeing the same thing. I get that. But what I'm saying, though, is you're not going to get three people in the same room at the same time that see the same thing. Andy said, didn't see the same, didn't just see the same things, but had the same convos and were told the same things by the entities. Power suggestion? Yeah, maybe. The way society has has raised um us is, is we're not unique anymore all right let's get back on your stories okay well with my question heather said probably combination of both i think nicole said more people feeling better now coming out with it and i said that i think more and more people are, are more comfortable they're not getting judged right ryan said a little bit of both and i also feel more are creating their own sightings not all of them are valid not all of them are invalid either right i i agree definitely now andy says all the volunteers were dosed one at a time had their experiences separately um basically one patient per day with statement so okay here's a good question now. freaky geek <laughs> if, if there's more and more people talking about the same story and, and they're getting they're getting dosed separately day by day when when this the interview starts or whatnot they all opening with the same questions to lure them into the same story I think that's a pretty good question. That, that's, that, that's cool. A fair question. That's cool, Ryan. Ryan's girlfriend is doing an experiment with DMT. It'll be medically supervised. So if that interests you, check her out. She'll be doing a documentary on it eventually. Definitely cool. Dude, you're a lady got some guts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I, I you know, I don't think I could do that. I, I really don't. I, I I think I'd wind up dead. Montecentris says, I think now that the internet is invented, people have a reason to share their stories, even more now that you can 
uh, can be monetized for your stories. But it's the ones I don't like stories. I, I'm more into like stories that, you know, people don't want to be noticed. People don't, you know, listen, I have a story. I don't know what the fuck it means. You I know, the, want to say I don't know what I saw. But I don't, I don't want to be recognized either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next thing. Now that I'm out of the room. <laughs> no. And he said from 1990, well, I'll let him come in and read that. But, well, I'll read it for the podcast. From 1990 to 1995, Strassman led a government-funded clinical research team at the University of New Mexico studying DMT's effect on human subjects in the experimental conditions. It's ex experimental condition yeah i said that right see even when i do things say things right you know all right so the last story can objects hold supernatural power or be the focus of paranormal activity i can answer that right now look at the necronomicon <laughs> i don't know but anyway um it says i know of many missionaries who are sure that they do from fetishes to totems of the Aboriginal people, there are objects of power that seem to bleed paranormal phenomenon. But you don't have to tell that to Pastor Barry Porter of Australia. He knows firsthand. Yeah, that's good, Amanda. I'm glad you guys have been long, you know, around long enough to know. That could be freaky. I wonder if this has anything to do with remote viewing. That could be. It's a good question. Um, so they thought it was just a simple artifact of local Aboriginal people, but the stone his father-in-law found on the ground of an old trail was much more than a simple stone. Here's a story in Barry's own words. I have known my wife since we were six years old. She lived across the road from me at Bowen Mount, 50 miles from the heart of Sydney, north southwest um, Australia. The foothills of the famous Blue Mountains, a hot spot for the occult and all things paranormal. While the area is now famous for the ghost of convicts who were driven to early graves under whips, chains, and hard labor in the early 1800s, and a for a Black Panther sightings, it is also a strong Doric Aboriginal history. In the early 1980s, there was an additional, whereas, let's start that again. In the early 1980s, there were additional trails and tree clearings cut through the dense bush for, now, for new housing and to allow fire trucks and crews to prevent for, forest fires bushfires. My future father-in-law loved to bushwalk, hike, through the massive expanse of Forest and National Park. One morning, he walked through a newly cleared area. He noticed a strange object poking, poking out from the ground. It was made of a hard stone, yet it looked like it had been cut by modern technology. Mike dug it out of, with his bare hands. By the time he pulled it out, he realized he was holding something of human origin, but like nothing he had ever seen before. 
It was just over a foot long, shaped like a teardrop, with perfectly beveled edges. There was a sense of guilt. He knew this was likely to be an Aboriginal artifact and either belonged to the location um, its owners placed in it or in a museum. But he decided to take it home on Maple Street, making a wooden cradle for, for it Oops. and placing it above the mantelpiece of the fireplace. It, yeah, it wasn't long before strange things started to happen. Their youngest daughter started seeing ancient Aboriginal people walking through the house at nighttime. She would get up to go to the bathroom and have to wait for them to pass. There were illnesses, heart attacks, and strokes that struck previously healthy that struck a previously healthy Mike in his early 30s. A Yowie, Bigfoot, was sighted by the home by the home's occupants and a young neighbor watching the house from across the road. At night, huge thumps and knocks on the outside of the house would send Mike running outside with his rifle to find no visible culprit. One night, when the kids were watching TV and they were home alone, waiting for their mother to return from the late shift at the local Chinese restaurant, the worst occurrences happened. The television started changing channels by itself. As the kids watched in horror, the phone rang. Hurry they back, Andy. Hurry back, Andy. They answered, but there was no one there. As soon as it was put back on the receiver, it rang again. And still, no caller was at the other end. Over and over again, it happened. Then, to the daughter's relief, a large light engulfed the side of the house. Her mother must be home. She ran outside up to the dark stone steps in the back of the house in the pitch black, following the light to the hill above the house. To her horror, when she got there, it remained pitch black. The light which had floated around the house suddenly had vanished, leaving her standing in the freezing cold alone with a feeling of impending dread. People who would sleep in the room with the stone would have nightmares about yaoi's and aboriginal Kadicha men, which are witch doctors. It wasn't until 2008 that the origin of the stone was revealed. A researcher identified it as a Chiringa stone. In our terminology, a spiritual memory stick for the aboriginals that must never be removed from the ground in which it's placed. First thing that came to mind was the shit stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call jalapeno sausages. <laughs> but anyway, that's funny though. So this guy had found a memory stick of the aboriginals. That's creepy in itself. I mean, not creepy, but I mean, it's cool as hell, but it's, yeah. An exorcism was done on the stone by a pasture. And its whereabouts are presently unknown. By the, a pasture or a pastor? Pastor. Okay. The eldest son in the family took it upon himself to put the stone in a safe place. So be careful about what artifacts you bring home. There may be unseen others who will manifest their presence until it is returned. No matter where you are in the world, the native people of old have fashioned such artifacts of power. And that's true. 
and that's does, one thing. That's one thing I will always agree with. It does not take an archaeologist. Oh my God! Really, an archaeologist? I can't. You know, a digger to a, find them. An archaeologist. Thank you. But it may take the intercession of a trained spiritual warrior to rid your life of the presence you invite when you take these things home. Because you're not supposed to, it, they're laid to rest for a reason. So best take heed in the words of Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> it's not that they want to get recognized, they want to be left alone. Well, not only that, this was made for that. It was made as a memory stick to be put in the ground and never be removed. Do you know what, what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's their place of rest. Leave them alone. Amanda wants to know, is that a different type of jalapeno pepper? No, it's a sausage. The jalapeno sausage. The jalapeno cheddar. I love poppers. Uh, from Johnsonville. It, it, it's kind of like a bratwurst. And we call them shit sticks. <laughs> hey, Ryan. What a coincidence. Two of these motherfuckers and in about 20 minutes, you got to take a shit. What a coincidence of watching Indiana Jones. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Indiana Jones. I love Indian, Indiana Jones movies. That and the fucking mummy. Yes. I love the mummy. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to have to watch that. What? What? <laughs> No, we don't. Fuck you, I'll be in here on, on the computer. <laughs> I get tired of watching them fucking movies. So there you have it. That's the stories for today. What do you guys see? I mean, where do you think? Oh, it is so tough. Ryan, are you going right. to get mad at me if I say the dog man, I think, is like, like an apparition not really an apparition but a. do you think that the dog man is between worlds and, and here, uh, i'm gonna throw another question out there do you honestly believe that folk wars and hexes can be real without you believing in them that's my favorite one ryan the Last Crusade, yes, that's my favorite one. I like it when they're tied together and he's like, Dad, son, Dad, son. And the guys, <laughs> and when he's, they're doing the, my favorite part is when the they're getting the block out of the floor and the guy's doing the stamp and he's like looking at the stamp, like, is that making that noise? Well, I don't know if the cat had to dig up the remains, but I understand what you mean. Not all. Not at all. I have a theory that some Artupa are interdimensional. Like, I mean, I, th I think about, like, the dog man. Like, that thing's been, and Bigfoot, too, like I said earlier, thing's been shot at. You know? and, and But never hit. Yeah. There's no uh, evidence of fur that had fallen off. No blood. And they no take it like, go ahead, shoot me again. <laughs> I mean, no, and, they don't, but you know what I'm saying. And then poof, they're gone. Poof. So. Pre Preaky says, not sure. I think some of the stories or parts of them made up. 
to the big screen and movie. Yeah, well, I mean, don't yeah, get yeah, me wrong. Absolutely freaky. Yeah, I mean, movies sell, you know, make money, right? So they got to sell those movies. But I'm talking about like individual when you're talking to somebody that's had an experience. Kind of makes it neat on on some of the things you've seen in your life, um, because once you get to focus on something that that it, it, it comes to you in a dream, okay. Excuse me, and then once you figure out what that dream is, it, your mind it will settle to tell you. My mind's like a rolodex. And I'll start going through all this shit and I'll stop and I'll be like, well, why does that match up with that? It, it, it shouldn't match, but it does. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Pammy, you're a prime example. Exactly. I mean, it took Pammy a long time to even warm up to me and share her stories or her, you know, what she's captured I see her doing better online now, and I'm glad because she's sharing her stories. Do you I know agree. what I mean? I but, agree. I agree with uh, Ryan, but keep going. Um, and she's one of them people that just didn't want to be recognized. She just didn't know what she was seeing. I mean, she understands it more now, but do you Did know you what I mean? That? What? That big old shadow just went through here? No, I didn't. It it's not, it's I'm, not me. No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching your hands on the wall. That wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, people that have experiences, like I sit there and you can see it in their eyes that they're terrified. Now, mind you, yes, I think some of it's exaggerated to where, you know, because they're frightened. They don't know, you know, in that heat of that moment, you're like, you know, like the spider is that big, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> I, I know, I'm a prime example of that because I don't like spiders, but you know, it was huge. It's, huge. it's like that big, and the fucking thing ain't no bigger than a fucking nickel. <laughs> but you know, was a documentary exclusive for a reason. Um, these thousands of encounters make no sense to me at all, or, or not at all, at times. That is hardly the definition of elusive. And I, and I understand what you're talking about, Ryan, because it, it, it's like from one phase to the next, they're just gone. No, no evidence of it ever being there. Well, he also says if they are, are seeing something, maybe it isn't Bigfoot or Dogman. Maybe it's something exactly. taken on the form of them. That could be. So, I, I I would I, I would actually really like to talk to Ryan on, on out of the show and, and yeah yeah I agree because I'm I one was... of the ones that that you got to prove to me I, I I need evidence I want to see it I, I you know if you ain't got hardcore evidence can I believe you I'll take you for your word but the minute I find out that you you, you ain't Yep, died by. Right, yeah. I mean, you do get upset when people, yeah, definitely. But I mean, 
a lot of times, what if we don't, I mean, what if we don't know we're seeing even like apparitions, if we're walking by somebody and you think it's a real person, you turn around and it's, you know, cause these people are seeing people, right? They're not yeah. always all like ghosty and white. They're like seeing just normal people. I don't know how many times. And he says, not like a 15-pound triantula baby. (laughs) Do you remember that? Do you remember us talking about that? Okay, I know. I started laughing my ass off. But even, you know, when I see my glitch, when I I watch that glitch happen, did it really happen? I ain't got proof to prove it. So... I mean, I can tell my story. You can either believe me or not believe me, but I ain't got proof to prove that it actually happened. Right. Right. So, or that hand coming on the wall. I wanted to see that. That. Yeah, I, I don't know if Ryan ever heard about that, but the, the the way our kitchen's set up, we got a break wall, and I'm sitting out on the couch. Uh, Missy's in the office. And I'm sitting there, and I watch this hand just start coming out of the wall. And I say, oh, no, 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 no. Seriously. And and then I think it realized that I seen it, and it just sucked back in. And since that day, I don't even like looking at that wall. (laughs) Welcome back, Andy. But... They have the best advice to Sasquatch, Dogman, Thunderbird. Oh, I agree. And so on. Now, I'm not going to go up Mothman. Um, who are the little green ones, uh, Kentucky? The Hobgoblins? Yep. Yeah. See, I remember. I just couldn't remember the name. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that happen on uh, around the world. That we have no control over. And that's why, like, when it comes to whether it be UFOs, whether it be cryptids or entities or paranormal or whatnot, it's gone on way before that we were alive. That's why I have respect for all, you know, whatever they are. Do you know what I mean? That's we just call, how I am. What do you call cryptorist? <laughs> The ones that study the cryptoids, what the, the hell name do you give them? Cryptozoologists. They're not zoo. Yes, because they're animal. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I, I get what you're saying. Yes, the Hops, Hopkins goblins. Yeah. That uh, a freaking believe me, I've I've researched a lot. That's one of my favorite. Favorite all time, believe me. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Thank you for reminding me that I got to put lemons in the chest. <laughs> I pay attention to a lot of things that go on. And I only started doing this about a year ago. Yeah. I I brought him, I brought him up to speed on some stuff. <laughs> She has. <laughs> and the things she won't, she'll leave me alone. Yep. That's where I got to build my own speed. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, because you know, you know how it is. Like when we rush into the, when we first start, you know, we're like researching everything. Do you know what I mean? And I don't believe anybody should be overwhelmed. That's why, and 
when it comes to different belief systems, that's why I have such a range of things, you know, because I truly honestly believe that people make their own worlds. And, and we do. We make our own worlds. Every, every breath we take is, is, is a world that we've created. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, Ryan. I wanted, I can't wait, man. He said, I've been so distracted by the way, by the window cover. There's a way I need to emerge from that rabbit hole and get back into the full swing of it. Look, just be you. That's right. I mean, hey, circle. What's oh my god, what's up, circle? Um, Eddie, don't build speed, coast a bit. Um, Freaky, I've been I've been coasting for a while. Um, I've I've jumped on board by being able to record oracles. Um, I've I've connected with shadow people. Um, I've seen shit reaching out of my wall. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The glitch. Yeah, he's seen a lot of things since he's opened up a little bit. But I I don't want him to rush. The glitch is what fucked me up. That glitch fucked me up. Now a human being stand there in one spot and do three leg kicks before he started walking again. Yeah, that. And that was like right after we started talking about background people. But the funny part was, is you was down there having a cigarette with me and you've never seen it. No, I wasn't paying attention. But I seen it. Ha <laughs> so. nice. He said, just woke up from last night's party. Hey, happy late 4th of July to you, Circle. Happy late 4th of July to everybody. Yeah. I'm glad everybody's safe. I, I, we, we survived another independence year, um, even though we're two days early. It's all right. If I seen things emerge from the wall, that's when I take up the speeding. LOL, Freaky. <laughs> freaky, this, this, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm sitting here watching TV. I would have I, loved to see that. Oh. And I happen to look up and I see this hand coming out of the wall. And I'm looking at it like, all right, I've had a couple of beers, but I look down and I see I've only had about three beers. And it just it just kept coming out. And I was like, no, 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 no. And that order disappeared back into the wall. Hey, yep, I I was done at that point. Yep. Yeah. Nope. I I would love this, you know. Love that. This. That and, was fucked up. But see, with my mind, like I was trying to explain to him, with my mind, I'm trying to figure out what could have been in if it was a, a person from a different dimension. What this room would be? Were they just poking in to see what was going? Like, I mean, you know, was it like, um, what's the one that had the portal gate? Stargate. <laughs> right? No, listen, read what Ryan just said. said that was just my hand, bro. I was trying to find my cigarettes. Sorry, didn't mean to spook you. <laughs> Man, if your hand looked like this. <laughs> but I know. I, I'm constantly asking him questions like, was it a human hand? What color did it have? I, I, but my answers never change. Right, yeah, no. But I mean, I so I'm trying to figure out what the that person like obviously if it knew like it's almost like somebody was trying to put their hand through a portal a stargate right yeah it's going like okay what's in here and then like heard eddie or whatnot and was like oh shit there's something in there 
You know what I, I like? I'm that's how my mind goes. I'm trying to figure out the other aspect of it. But I ain't gonna lie, that's here that that's scared the shit out of me. Welcome back, Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. But that did that scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. I'm fucking you're watching a hand come out of a wall. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Ryan said next time he'll flip you the bird so you know it's him. <laughs> All right, do that. <laughs> Seriously, because now if I if this happened, if this does Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's gonna be sitting there at home trying to figure me, me, you know manifest his hand going through. How can we do this now? <laughs> and he's gonna turn his hand around, it's gonna be like <laughs> be like, oh fuck, all right, that's Ryan, I'm good. <laughs> there you go, freaky. Not only that, but whisper, grab a can of beer and shake it. No, because now I'll break that fucking hand. <gasps> <laughs> fucking shake my well, fucking Well, don't beard. come out that way, though, because, I mean, all you're going to do is, if the stove's on, you're going to get burned. You well, know, there's nothing there in those cupboards, really. But our stove our, our stove don't work. <laughs> no, but if we have the... Oh, the hot plate going? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to reach a hot fucking pot. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Go ahead and grab that and shake it. But that's what I mean. I mean, I wonder what this room looks like on the other side. Do you know what I'm saying? Because obviously this was intelligent. It was. It, it, it was very intelligent. It knew what it was doing. And as soon as it heard me say, oh, no, it, it, it kind of darted back in. Yeah, exactly. So it was obviously intelligent. I want to know what the fuck was on the other side of that. I want to... <laughs> Try to reach it, it, my hand through that side. <laughs> it didn't have bony hands, per se, but it wasn't a woman's hand. It, it was masculine. You could tell that. But I had no idea what the hell it was. It, and it definitely, it, even Shadow's telling you, I got a bunch of cops came in. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Ryan said, I'll, I'll just use the farce. No, I don't mean the force. I'm trying to avoid copyright issues. <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't upside down. It wasn't inside out. And it wasn't a, a mirrored image. But you don't know that. Coming from the outside, or the other sure. side. You oh, know what okay. I mean? It could have been. But I watched this come out of our wall. Whatever it was, though, was just as scared of Eddie as Eddie was of it. Like, I mean, once it Maybe not scared, startled. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I, I can agree with that because it, it, I, when I look up, look, <laughs> <laughs> you see a fucking hand coming out of your wall. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Go missing what you put in my beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, no, he won't make. let me make the devil's box, nope. toy box. Nope, nope, nope. He's no fun. I don't invite anything into the house. She, I, but, uh, yeah, well, no, was, I do. I do. I, I try to do my C5 experiment. But, but actually, this was done long. This happened long before we talked about making the devil's box now. Yeah. This happened way before that. And this is probably why I tell her, yeah, nope, it ain't happening. Because Andy said... Eddie, you should have just asked, what the fuck have you invited in the house this time, Missy? He won't let me. Ain't nothing, 
Although I do sit here at night when he's at work and try to do my C5 experiment, but. <laughs> All right, folks, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. That's what we do. Believe me, Patrick knows. He saw he saw my cat apparently <laughs> down in the other room, and that that's when shit down there in that mirror, man, that mirror is something. Downstairs, I'm, I'm, I almost want to move if it was a bigger room i would definitely be downstairs i'm not disagreeing with amanda but this had nothing to do with water or anything it was a no. fucking wall yeah it wasn't a mirror there wasn't a mirror it around was a it solid a solid thing and he's fucking arms coming out like yep okay i'm done <laughs> maybe see he couldn't that's right circle circle said maybe the ghost was trying to ante up on the portion of the rent there yeah, see and well, you scared it away but he didn't come out with no money. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. What Heather say about what? It was to... a couple of years ago, Freaky Geek, actually. Uh, she's with an extra a long time ago, appearing in the background, the mirrors, when I was in the room. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Heather. Mirrors, yeah, I'm glad you the one it. downstairs, man. The one. I put two perfect pieces of driftwood felt like the perfect, and, and I put it in front of the mirror. We never had a problem. Yeah, when they when we did experiments, we took them off the mirror. I found two staffs that are driftwood, and, and the energy when I grabbed them just felt right. No, because we've been up here over I'm a year. I know. I'm yes. I'm talking because Freaky Geek said, "Are you sure we had?" He thought we did it last year. No, it would have been two years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've been up here. About, about, about a two, year. Yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. But uh, the driftwood. Oh, hold on. He can show you. Still have it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we put the them over the mirror and that they wouldn't let, allow anything to come over or come through. The mirror. We told them that the portal's closed. No, it didn't happen in 2020. I don't even think it happened. No, we weren't up here in 2020. We were up here in 2020. Yes. No, we have not been. Oh, yeah. Why am I thinking it's like 2031 or something? Oh, great. But this is a... I sell obsidian mirrors. And this is the uh, two pieces of driftwood that I, I felt comfortable and I interlock him and an X in front of the mirror and all activity stopped. But we take him down when we want to do a mini investigation in the house, it gives him an opportunity to come through. And they're perfectly the same as us. And I have my two, my two uh, infinity mirrors that I want to do experiments with. Yep. It's just finding the time, man. We got a lot. She's got a lot lined up. Things she wants to do. Yeah. There's a lot. We still got to do the magnet. I still have to give away the freaking cards. I'm still I'm, I'm still trying to get uh, Just Chaos kicked out there with Andy and that. Um, 
it's difficult when you got two channels trying to launch different things. I'm not trying to launch. I'm just doing me. I've been doing it for three years. This is I'm same. trying to launch. <laughs> 2020 is the new 13. It doesn't exist. There you go. There you go. See? <laughs> See, Freaky Geek got it. Yeah. But yeah, do I believe now? 100%. Um, if this would have been like five, six years ago, I'd have told you all, you fucking washed your minds. And he would have. I mean, if he, like, for him to even talk about Bigfoot now, is surprising to me because when we first like started talking about this and stuff like this, I mean, this has been my life for a long time anyway, but I never really involved him because of the fact that I knew I'm like, you know, he was just that kind of person. You didn't talk to about paranormal or cryptids or UFOs. You just didn't talk to him about that, you know? And, but now it's like to hear him talk about Bigfoot, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. And it's and, and funny. But you got to admit, we have some serious in-depth talks about this stuff. And, and Amanda, when I say kick off, um, I'm, I'm trying to get Andy and, and, and me and just Chaos and Maria to get that channel to launch. It's just all of it. It's totally opposite about this. I'm not going to advertise it on this channel because that's not what it's supposed to be. You want to check it out? You've been to just chaos, so you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, I, I, I totally had no belief at all in, in Bigfoot, the paranormal, uh, any of it. I, I, I hadn't. So now here I am. Yep. Yeah. All right. So as we're doing that, I am going to come over here and I'm going to hit the buttons in D Live. So if you're in D Live, get over there. Or if you're in D Live, also get over there. So this is where I get to take the chance that I didn't do it the last show and I feel bad now. This is where I got to tell you guys. Guys, fist bumps, ladies. Hugs, stay safe, stay strong. We'll get through this. I swear to God, we will. Ten seconds. I'll see you guys soon. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Freaky. It, Did you freaky not get hype up the chat? Not shut up the hype. He always says that. Shut up. I know. And he confuses me every time. <laughs> Apparently, Freaky Geek didn't hype up the chat enough. Or chat up the hype. Enough. See? He didn't get any. Start saying it the other way. Heather got 130.6. Circle, have a great night. Thanks Pat for coming in and hanging out. Patrick got 75.4. The chest didn't open for you? I'm sorry. Is there any way to donate uh, one Mr. Freaky Geek? Only if he goes live. <laughs> Go live. Yeah, like that's going to happen. <laughs> Type up the hat. There you go. I like that one too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Freaky Geek. No. 
now he's still now. He been here for over the past half hour and shit. Yeah, Nicole's so. been over there the whole time. Why didn't she get anything? Oh, it didn't pop up. You need to fix your shit. No, listen, listen. They've been here long enough to know if it does not pop up to hit on the chest. I don't hear it. She said she didn't even get the chest. So you, you need to fucking fix your shit. It ain't me. So therefore then. But anyway, thanks for coming in, guys, and hanging out with us. I appreciate <coughs> each and every one of you. Oh, it didn't open. Okay. Well, that I I can't control that. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you again. Thank you, guys. We love you guys so much. Thanks for coming in and hanging out. Remember to find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.